Blog Talk Radio. Okay. Testing, testing. One, two. One, two. Shanae, Shanae. Microphone check, microphone check. One. Microphone check, microphone check. Two. Microphone check, microphone check, three. Okay, we appear to be having an issue with my co-host, Shanae. I'm not sure what's going on. Lord, y'all, I swear. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, Shanae is having a little trouble getting on. I'm going to disconnect you. Okay, that will make it Okay, so this is what social distancing looks like. I know we have been a little bit off the air for a few weeks. Uh, We needed to take care of some personal things that we had going on, trying to adjust to life with COVID-19, racing around our globe. Um, We have not been affected so much personally um, in our individual homes. However, we do have family members who have. We want to um, definitely keep all of those people lifted in prayer. I actually have a couple of in-laws that have been diagnosed and also two that passed away. Um, So it has affected our family in that way, but um, not my immediate family. So this is something serious. So we are social distancing today. So Shanae and I are usually in the studio together. Shanae, I think I hear you. Are you there? Can you hear me? Yes, there she is. 
talking to our audience, all our fans oh. and friends okay. who have missed us. Okay, fans and friends. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on a second. So I'm putting my, um, my earpiece in. Okay, can you still hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, good. So right. I'm letting them know that we've been social distancing, that we actually do our um, record our show together in a studio. So that does help with our um, engagement and our chemistry because, of course, we can feed off each other's energy and we can see each other's facial expressions. So it's going to be interesting to see how today's show goes without <laughs> us being face-to-face. So let's see how yeah. this works. <laughs> I mean, I think it yeah. might help with our sound quality because now it eliminates that issue that we had with us being in the studio yeah. together, right? The echoing, trying mm-hmm. to get our mics right. So I think mm-hmm. this may help in that area. But so what you had going on? I told them that I did have some um, not immediate family members that have been affected by coronavirus, but um, we, I do have some in-laws that have been affected. But no one that I've known closely to be affected much. So I'm actually enjoying this downtime. How about you? I am, too. Uh, The first week we were out from school, I had to get my bearings a little bit. And I'm I'm really back in my element because, you know, I worked from home for 10 years teaching Uh uh, on the collegiate level. But um, just getting back into the swing of things and getting the students, that was the number one issue, getting them acclimated to digital learning or to online learning. They weren't used to that. They're used to being on their phones and searching different mm-hmm. social media platforms. But work-wise, that was like, whoa, what is this? <laughs> you know. <laughs> so um, other than that, I um, my, my family just recently um, – we just experienced a loss last night. My half brother passed away really? um, last night. Mm-hmm. He uh, fell ill suddenly Friday, and my dad and aunt had spoken to him. And then uh, that evening, we learned that he had to be rushed to the hospital. So he he transitioned last evening. So they're trying to have the funeral arrangements. Well, they're making it now, but they're trying to have the funeral, what have you, in the middle of the week. So it sucks that I won't be able to go. And then with all of these different um, guidelines around funerals. Yeah, in place. (laughs) It's like, yeah, because I don't think they do them like they they were doing them normally. No, it's like, are they virtual? Oh, well, wow. some people are doing virtual. Some people are doing virtual, but um, I think it's no more than ten people, and that includes the funeral people. Wow. So I don't yeah. know how they're going to do that. And then by my dad being elderly, because it was his, it was his son, it's our oldest brother. By him mm-hmm. being, you know, over the over set in his mid seventies, and then right, so I don't that's know like one he, of those high risk ranges. Ah, right. So it's like a bit mess. So I don't know if some people are going to have to stay in their cars to, um go into the place or whatever, and then people take turns coming in and out. Like, I don't know how they're going to do that. So, mm. um, yeah, but other than that, I had one coworker that I know of. She tested positive for the COVID-19, but she's since doing better because she was on the uh, call earlier today that we had with my principal. So she seems to be on the up and up. So I was a little worried about her because she has two small kids that she had to be quarantined mm-hmm. from. Mm-hmm. So, wow. Yeah, this, so this it's actually I think one of the one of the interesting things about um, 
being isolated the way that we are around the country. And I think this plays mm-hmm. in today's topic of losing yourself because um, I would imagine that most people who have had these moments of isolation, even if you're um, isolated alone with family, with a spouse, you know, a boyfriend, your children, whatever means you are isolated, I would imagine these moments have caused you to reevaluate your life. Reevaluate the the people that you have in your life, the things that are important. So it could be things that you thought were important and you realize Mm -hmm. now "Mm, that really isn't that important. Or it can be things that you thought were not important. And now it's like, man, that really did mean something to me. So what what Mm -hmm. ends up happening, you actually realize how sometimes you may have lost yourself like in a relationship where, you know, during this time you thought you could depend on your mate you know, your significant other in this moment has reminded you or or helped you to realize that they're really that dependent. And then you realize, you see how you've lost yourself in that relationship. Or it can be a career. Oh, I think, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I think one of the, the real places where we're going to see where we lost ourselves is with our job that you thought your job was so important. You thought you had to go to the office every day. You thought you had to miss your kids' um, sporting mm-hmm. events mm-hmm. or school programs. You thought you had mm-hmm. to travel every other week mm-hmm. for work. It's like all these things that you thought were so important, and you realize you mm-hmm. lost yourself. You lost your. You lost what was meaningful to you or what, sh- what should have really mattered in your life that you thought, because, you, you know, know work was function- we function as robots in a sense. Mm-hmm. We have this routine. Mm-hmm. You wake up, you brush your teeth, wash your face, you do your makeup, you fix your hair, you go down, you either eat breakfast or you don't. You go to work, you're there for six, seven, eight, ten, twelve hours, whatever type of work you do. You come home, you start dinner, or you warm up dinner, or you may help your child with homework. You may have an hour to read a book or an hour to watch TV. Uh, then you get in the bed and you start it all over again. Mm-hmm. You know. So we get immersed into this robotic type of routine, and we yeah. don't, we really don't stop to smell the roses, as they say. This mm-hmm. has force. Or enjoy this the force. Your labor. Right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. This has forced us. This forced a lot of people, not so much me, but forced mm-hmm. a lot of people to sit back and be like, okay, what else, what else is there to me? You know what else do I have? Am I my am am I my job? Mm-hmm. You know some pe some people wear that as their career on their chest proudly, like this is all I am about. You yes. know, yes. Who, who am I really? What can I do um, in addition to laboring for someone else? What else is mm-hmm. there to me? Mm-hmm. You know, I've so. never experienced. Um, or gone as far as to lose myself in my job, but I did find value, um, self-value, and I did attach some of my self-worth to my position, especially when I got to the point where I started making six figures. Oh, I like really thought I was the jam because of my job. <laughs> and, it's, and it, you know, I was proud and I was, a, um, I worked in IT, so I was a software engineer. So software engineer is more so of a um, entry level position. So of course, years into my position, I no longer functioned as an engineer. I, be, I um, rolled over into more management roles and things of that nature. But I always referenced myself or referred to myself as a software engineer. And whenever I would mm. tell people, they were so impressed. Like, wow, one, I know why. Right. Because there are a few black people. 
And I know that for a fact because I worked in the industry. So there are definitely very few black people, even fewer black females. So I had mm. all of this um, going for me whenever I would tell someone that I was a software engineer. And then on top of that, I'm like, I'm getting paid like good money. So mm-hmm. when I, I actually got laid off from my job, maybe 2014, I think it was 2014, and a part of mm-hmm. my grief, and that was one of the experiences that led me to understand that we experience grief in different ways. And mm-hmm. I actually went through this period of grief, and I was actually warned almost a year ahead of time that I was going to lose my job because they actually got mm-hmm. rid of our entire department. So I knew okay. that the job was ending. And they sent me away with a fat severance package. I still experienced some grief because I attached Mm. that job to my value. So I can only imagine what a lot of the people who are experiencing job loss during this pandemic are experiencing. Mm -hmm. Because it was sudden. It was unexpected. It was sudden. It sure was. And it's like, and on top of that, we have no idea what the world is going to look like five months from now. Mm-hmm. So that's I experienced that as well. On. Really? Did you? No, I'm saying with the job loss. You know my situation. And so how I did you feel that when you lost your job? I was. I I did allow myself to get into this anxiety state because mm-hmm. if I felt that if I functioned in that manner, nothing was going to get done. So uh, it was eight months, eight months before I landed a full-time job. And, and mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie, I did have some days where I worried. I did have some days was like, okay, if I'm going to have to walk away from my house, nobody's biting at my resume, I'm not getting any calls for interviews or what have you. Mm-hmm. So week, not week, month, month six, I was like, okay, Lord, what am I going to do? Then I started getting a little anxious or what have you. Oh, well, but I had never been laid off. That was, mm-hmm. my, time that was my first day off, laid too. Off. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> um, all right. What is this? And I know like, that. I know I have. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, I know I have other skill sets. It's like, where do I apply them? How mm-hmm. can I generate income with my skill sets? And that's what I, you know, try to tap into. But uh, I ended up getting uh, placed at a school, getting a job at a school where I was supposed to be for the moment. And um, the rest is history, but I thought about that too when everyone was forced um, to stay home or jobs closed, restaurants closed, Mm -hmm. a lot of entrepreneurs, small business owners. That's their bread and butter. So I was like, oh, my God, you know, what is this coming to, you know? I even felt um, violated in some ways when it happened to me. I kind of felt, and again, I say, it's so weird because one, like I said, I, I received a warning. So this wasn't, and I, and I mean, extensive warning. And the only reason I did not, because um, of course I had plenty of coworkers who left before the end. The only reason I did not leave is because when mm-hmm. the discussions first started, I was actually pregnant. So it's like, okay, mm-hmm. so I have that dilemma of trying to find a, a job and I'm big and pregnant. And then it became, now I have a newborn. So, you know, I, I had, quote, unquote, what I felt to be a valid reason to not leave on my own terms. So when it finally happened, I kind of felt um, devalued. Like, how could you get rid of get rid of us or get rid of me? 
and <laughs> okay. it's, it's a and it's a weird space to be in. One because I understand business. Um, what happened with us is our positions were outsourced overseas what we called um, oh, offshore. Yeah. Okay. And I had and I had been in positions previously where I worked with offshore teams. So and I understood mm-hmm. the value in taking the job offshore. It actually saved mm-hmm. the company hundreds of dollars mm-hmm. per per head. So it mm-hmm. so it actually makes sense to um to, to send some jobs offshore. So I understood the business side of it. So I thought all of that would have made my experience easier, but it wasn't. And I actually went through like stages of grief. Like um, first really? I was in denial. Yeah. So mm-hmm. first I was like in mm-hmm. denial, like, um, you know, no, this isn't happening. Oh, they didn't mean it. I even at one point was still in constant contact with one of my old bosses. Like, okay, are they going to change their minds? You know, if he, is he going to decide to build a new team? I went through all of that. And then I actually went through depression. Like, and that, I think the depression part didn't last long for me, particularly because a few months after being laid off, I, I started to embrace the fact that that meant I was home with my son. So one day my husband brought to my attention, he was like, well, you always wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. But this isn't how I wanted to do it. You wanted to do it on your terms. Exactly. I wanted to do it on my terms, my way, my plan. And I just felt like somebody else forced me me into something that I'm, uh, if I'm honest, I had already been wanting to do. But I'm like, no, this is not how I wanted to, this is how I wanted it done. And I think that's what happens now in this space of isolation. We've been, a lot of us have been praying for downtime. We've been asking, Mm -hmm. you know, for time off from work. Um, I I wish I can work from home. I wish I can spend more time with my kids. Actually, um, I was in the middle of helping a mother get childcare two days before Mm. the um, state of Georgia got shut down because she worked, she was a um, city employee. And I was trying to help her Mm. find childcare. And and that weekend, I talked to her on a Friday. And over that weekend, I was praying like, Lord, you know, let me, um, you know, I had resources, but I need to know which resources to contact to help her. And when the, when the, when the um, government got shut down two days later, I'm like, well, was that the answer to my prayer? Because now she's home mm. happily with her three kids. So it actually resolved mm. this issue that well, we were having. You're right. That's true. But it, not it, like it, how it we have issues. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, and we it, like to encourage people to embrace their circumstances, and that's one of the reasons why it's important to embrace your circumstances. Because if you look closely, sometimes this is exactly what you prayed for, but it just didn't come packaged the way that you anticipated. That's right. I agree. I agree with yeah. that. Yeah. I was telling um, I was telling our friend Nicole, um, I was telling our friend Nicole this weekend. I stated, I said, I'm like a, I'm a forever career student. I'm always mm-hmm. learning. I said, I, this time um, has really given me the chance to opt in some different master classes because there, um, I want different streams of income coming in. So mm-hmm. I'm like in two different master classes now. So I'm like, you know, while everybody's listening to club quarantine, I'm stuck on a computer <laughs> listening to le- Listening right. to lectures and I'm on a, I'm on live lectures taking notes and stuff like I'm back in school but I know that I have to sacrifice 
some time to get the results that I want in the long end. So that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and but it's necessary. Time, right. And this time has given me, um, this experience, I should say, has given me the time to, you know, tap into some other things that I normally wouldn't have time to do. If I, if I worked a normal work day at school, I'm, I am dead beat tired, y'all. When I get home, mm-hmm. I don't get home to 6. I leave the house at 6.30. I don't get home to 6. I'm tired. I may really? um, log, you know, do my part-time work with adjuncting with the colleges. I may eat, mm-hmm. and then I'm in bed. I'm in bed by 9.30, 10. On Mondays when we did our show, right after mm-hmm. we did our show, I got in bed. I mean, I had no life during the week if when I worked in the, in the actual school environment. Mm-hmm. No time. No time whatsoever. My time was on the weekend. That's why I think that this this is an opportunity for us all to to rediscover ourselves and what's important to us and the many things that we had in life that were strenuous that mm-hmm. maybe we could not prevent those things at the time, but now as we are reevaluating, I'm hoping some of us will decide, okay, I'm not actually going back to that, or I'm going to find another way to do that. I'm going to find another way to do my schedule. Maybe I need to wake wake up earlier or later, whatever mm-hmm. whatever works best for you. But I need mm-hmm. to, you know, work how I've been operating. Because now we're forced to do it. You really have no choice right. at this point. That's Very right. few people That's unless right. you're and, and even even our first responders, our essential workers, I imagine they're operating differently at this time. It's probably more strenuous for them, but it's still different for them. So we're all being affected one way or another. Everybody. Everybody. Yeah. Okay, Everybody. let's take a this quick break. Yeah, it is definitely our new normal. So we're going to take a quick, quick break, and we're going to get a little deeper into tonight's topic about losing yourself, and we're going to talk about some of the signs that we may see or experience when we actually begin to lose ourselves and some of the things that we can do to prevent that or to come out of it. So we will be right back after this quick break.
we're back, and you're listening to the Good Grief Girl show on Blog Talk Radio. The topic for the hour is losing yourself or how to identify uh, ways in which you are losing yourself. How do you identify? What are the signs? Kiara is going to uh, take us a little further into this topic. Hello? Kiara, are you there? Hey, I'm here. Okay. <laughs> I was muted. I was I was muted, running my mouth. Okay. Um, <laughs> see, this do, is live. Do we have any? Radio. Um, do we have any listeners on in the queue, Kiara? Do we have any? No, listeners? no one in the queue yet. We have a few listeners, but okay. no one has. Um, have has requested to join us just yet, but um, there are actually a few signs that you're losing yourself, and I think this is where there are some there's some gray area or where the lines become blurred, because a lot of times we experience things and we view it as something normal or something that will pass, and that's how you get into the patterns of toxic behavior because you're waiting for it and it actually never passes because you never address it. Mm. And one of the times that you're losing yourself is that you start to question the reason you're doing what you're doing, meaning why am I going to work? If you've ever worked somewhere and you felt unfulfilled or you felt like there was value there, there wasn't a real purpose for you doing it, if you've ever been in a relationship and you've looked over, you know, next to the person and wondered, how did I get here? Those are signs that you're actually losing yourself. Because if you can't list reasons for why you're getting up every day, then why are you getting up? If you can't list reasons for why you're in a relationship, then why are you in that relationship? If you show up to work every day and you can't clearly state why you're there, then why are you there? So that's right. that's why it's important to know why you're actually doing things. So if you lose focus of that, or if you can't identify or articulate why you're doing what you're doing, then you're possibly losing yourself. That's that's have you had point. any of those that's, experiences? No, no, because I knew and, and know why I was doing um, the job jobs that I had at the time and the jobs that I have now. Um, another add on to that Kiara is sometimes people hmm, are unhappy at their job because of the the direct boss or mm-hmm. colleagues. You know, yeah. that that can play a major role as well. That was my issue. Mine didn't mm-hmm. like me for whatever reason. And so she just kept coming for me. You know how you be minding your own business and people come for you? Ooh. Not today, yeah. ma'am. Not today, ma'am. <laughs> Not today. No. <laughs> No, you know, and so that was my issue. <laughs> that was my issue. Um, I, I don't know why I wasn't liked by by this boss, but hey, it is what it is. And and I was covered um, by the grace of God because everything she tried to come at me with fell by the wayside. You know, mm-hmm. I know why I was there. But to add on to what you said, another point is. Some people tend to hang around others who they dislike. You know how you have the extroverts 
in the job place and you have the introverts, you have the in-betweens, and you may have um, a person who's trying to um, hobnob or, or, or get, how do you say it? They're trying to nosy up to the boss or what have you. Oh, and, brown you know, the boss. Brown nose, I said hob nose. Brown nose, um, <laughs> they're trying to get in good graces with the boss. And so they may hang around people who they don't like just so that they're in the know. I know a few people who try to hang around others that are, are social lights or what have you just, mm-hmm. just to be in that ambiance. They don't like them, but just because they're in the know, or, 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 you know, according to that group, they hang around them. Right. Why, why you hang around those? Who's to say that you're going to be noticed like them? Like, they, found, they formed a rapport with these individuals. Why are you trying to ride their coattail? Start your own. Mm. Right. Yeah. So uh, there are some people that hang around others that who they don't like. I, I can't, I don't hang around. I don't break bread with you at the table. I don't, let's cut to the chase. What do we need to do? Boom, 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 boom. Let's do it. But me mm-hmm. in your, in your, in your uh, space and you in my space and uh-uh. that's just me now. That's just me. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you on that. And that takes some maturity actually, because I can remember a time where I would sacrifice myself and my purpose. And what I know for a fact, I am here to just to make other people comfortable, especially in work situations or friendships where, you know, you feel obligated to be connected with people or to remain connected with people, even if you've outgrown them. I'm no longer in that space. So why continue to do something that's no longer comfortable for you or no longer serves whatever purpose that you've discovered? So it takes some maturity to actually say, and courage, I think, to say, I'm no longer going to do that. I'm no longer, like you said, breaking bread with people who I know aren't um, feeding my purpose. So why do that? Why, why make those connections? You hit the nail on the head. That's that's right. And you're right. It does take some maturity. It's like it's like who are you without this person? Uh-huh. Do you think it? Do you think it takes hanging out with them for you to get the acknowledgement that you seek? Like mm-hmm. who are you without this person? And I think we've been taught that it's rude, it's mean to make other people feel just um, uncomfortable. That if I, if I, if you ask me to go somewhere and I know I don't want to go there, I know I don't belong there. If I say no to you, then I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. That, you know, that makes me mean. Cause I, I dealt with that. Cause that, um, I, I'm sure we've discussed this privately at least that, you know, this was like my year of no, that if I don't want to do it, I'm just not doing it. And I, and I came mm-hmm. to this place where I realized that I was doing a lot of things to make other people feel comfortable. That I didn't want to appear mean or unavailable or, uh-huh. you know, even even in my, my area of service, I can't serve everyone. I can't help everyone. Right. Everyone, everyone is not my, my ministry. You know, I'm not called to save everyone. So it, I, um, I actually had to get to that place where I was comfortable and if I was starting to lose myself, it's actually what brought me to that place because it's like, I got so caught up in helping everyone else that I lost myself. 
a lot mm. of the things and and I actually in some ways was becoming addicted to helping other people because now I don't have to focus on myself. So that's actually one of oh. the the un yeah. You can actually become addicted to helping people. And not because helping you yourself. Have, right. That way you don't have to focus oh. on yourself. Makes sense. Talking to you and what's going on with you and what's Makes wrong sense. with you. I never have to address what's wrong with me. That and it's so quite true. noble. It's quite noble to sit around all day helping everyone, mm-hmm. but it's draining. It's exhausting. So I actually had to get to that place. And actually, one of the other signs that you're losing yourself is that you actually wake up every day feeling horrible. A lot of times mm-hmm. we refer to this as the will to live. That you actually wake up like, you know, why am I here? That's that's mm-hmm. that's when losing yourself becomes dangerous that you start to question your personal value, your personal um, worth, Mm -hmm. because now you can't find your value outside of these people and things that you've attached yourself to. Mm -hmm. We've heard um, heard of people who are busy. They always have something to do. Oh, it's great, especially um, when you hear about people who committed suicide. And a lot of times we're like, but they were always so happy. They were always smiling. Oh, they were mm-hmm. like the head of this committee and the president of this company. How could you po- how could you possibly be, be Kate Spade and unhappy? That's because when we come out the door, we're here to serve. We're here to provide. And then we go home, we have nothing left. Or when we wake mm-hmm. up, we're, we're questioning why am I here? We have little energy and excitement about life. And that's how it becomes very dangerous. So, um, okay. So what I'm, okay. So, because I'm listening to you talk about those. So when it comes to those with, um, who are suicidal, some you can kind of identify, but mm-hmm. others, those others that we can't identify when you were talking, it just clicked. When they're in front of individuals at work, they could turn on that other person. Mm-hmm. But when they come home, mm-hmm. they're by themselves. They don't have anyone yep. to perform in front of. Uh-huh. So now what? Mm. Now who am I? Now mm. what do I do? Now what do I give? Mm. If I'm not doing this, if I'm not giving to my students, if I'm not giving to my um, staff, if I'm not giving mm-hmm. to this charity, if I'm not doing mm-hmm. that, what do I have? So mm. you have to have some personal value that's outside of these people and things. Because then that makes will sense. actually, because then when you wake up, if I don't have that to do, now what? Mm. Or if one of one of those people or things reject you, now now what do you do? Because rejection is hard so that, for so someone that that's it, So that brings it back, like, who who am I without this job? Mm-hmm. What's my purpose? It, it boils down to the purpose. It, it boils down to the question, what is my purpose here while mm-hmm. I'm here alive? You know, what do I enjoy doing most? What brings me joy without making money? Of course, we all want to make some coins, but what of brings course. me joy without making money like who am I without this job I am not my job mm-hmm. or the mm-hmm. amount of money what if what if you have to go because because like I said for me I attach value to my and I and I found value in my six-figure job one because it was mm-hmm. a goal of mine in my career mm-hmm. I, I kept 
um, moving up the ladder because that was my goal. I'm like, I, I need to at some point get to me a six-figure position. So once I made it to that point, I felt like I had achieved something. And then I yeah. found value in that. But today, yeah. I can say I find the same value in a, okay, I won't go as far as 25000 but let's say 50000 <laughs> <laughs> But I know how. I mean, I got bills to pay, but I uh, okay. <laughs> I no so, longer associated that amount, and I think that's important too when you talk about jobs and money. That we can't attach value to those things. Mm-hmm. You know, money is the one thing that comes and goes. I mean, you can be rich today right. and broke tomorrow. And so, poor tomorrow. That's right. Yeah. So you can't. You just can't find value in that. You really can't. You really can't. Well. I yeah. think the question boils down. We have to ask ourselves some questions, which many people don't ask themselves: Is Mm-mm. who am I without my job? I'm going to ask my son that question because I know he's still in school, still trying to find himself, and he he has many more years to find himself. But who? What do you think your purpose is? I start with that question because he hasn't mm-hmm. his career his career yet. And I want to start getting him to think about that early because I never asked myself those questions in my 20s or 30s. No, um, late 30s, neither did I. Early, I would say late 30s, but not my 20s for sure. No, uh-uh, no. It's I actually never a asked. hard conversation to have with yourself because that's one of those things that being honest, which I, I implore people, if you can't be honest with anyone, be honest with yourself. Ooh, that's the yeah. only way to live freely where you, you know, I need to know exactly why I'm doing what I'm doing. I don't care how trifling it is. I still need to, even if I want to be, you know, trifling for the day, I need to know what's here. What, what's the driving you to be a thought today? Well, that might be a good example. <laughs> Not a thought. <laughs> My husband might be listening. Not a thought, but that's because we just heard that on TV. But anyway, um, you know, if I decide today I want to be trifling, I need to know exactly what's driving, you know, my poor decisions. Like, I'm big on that. Like, if I've, if I've mm-hmm. made a series of poor decisions, I need mm-hmm. to know well, why am I making those poor decisions? Because I know I know better. I know mm. I can do that. So it's like something is causing you to make these poor decisions. So that's that's what is a part of that process of why am I doing what am I doing or what value do I have outside of work? Because it actually, I have to be honest with myself when it came to my career. And it was after that layoff is when I went through those moments and had that discussion with myself where I needed to know mm. why am I feeling like I'm not good enough when just six months ago you couldn't tell me that I wasn't great so how is it now all of a sudden you're questioning your intelligence you're questioning um how how how, what value you have what what is that about I think when we 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 go to school you know uh we have this big aspiration in mind of what we want to become, where we see ourselves or what have you. Okay, we get into the career, we get the job that we want, or we get in the field that we want, and then here comes this curveball with the job layoff, and it's like, okay, but this is what I went to school for. This is what mm-hmm. I what my goal, this is one of my goals. And so you hadn't thought about, you had, I don't think you thought outside of 
the career path yet because your passion hadn't come to you yet. No, it hadn't. You had a passion for working with people, but your passion hadn't landed in your lap yet. Mm -hmm. So you were so in tune with your career because you loved what you did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. So it's only only normal. It's only normal that you felt that way. Yeah, you went to school for that. So, of course, we want to be in the the same field of of, um, career choice of what we went to school for, but Mm-hmm. No one, I don't remember taking a class, not remember, I know I didn't take a class. There's no class in college of what to do should you experience a layoff or a job uh, or a risk or anything. There's no college course on that. Mm-hmm. And actually, you bring up a point that, no, it's not. I mean, they might offer it today, but I doubt it, no. <laughs> no, so it's like, okay, everybody's left to, to try to figure out, okay, who can I go to now that needs my same type of um, job position or, or who's offering the same type of job position or what else can I do besides going from uh, handing out or sifting through all these thousands of jobs that you just being mm-hmm. a, in the uh, data pool, you know, your mm-hmm. resume is not even being sifted through because of how it's going into the data system. So, uh, I mean, you actually bring up a point. Yeah, that actually is a good point of one of the other signs is that you you lose track and believe that there's no light at the end of the the tunnel. Mm -hmm. And that happens because you're stuck in this space where you feel that you don't have any other option. That, that what I'm doing is all that I can do. This job that I'm on, this is the only job that I can perform. This relationship that I'm in, this is the only guy or girl for me. This um, oh, city that I live in, this is it. We can, we, can, we can force ourselves to believe that we have no other option. Therefore, we can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. So we end up stuck in this space where we, where we technically lost ourselves because we're thinking this is it. And, that, and we discussed this in previous episodes. But do you think that's being closed-minded, though, when a person thinks Definitely. one-dimensional? Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and, and so it's closed-minded and in my also... Really? Do you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, but I, I, don't, I, I don't think we've been taught that we have options or that if, if plan A doesn't we, work, plan B is okay. We have not. You are so correct. We were not. We were brought up by traditional, mm-hmm. our parents are traditionalists or what have you, that mm-hmm. generation. We were not taught about plan B, plan A, B, C. We were not. Uh-uh. And, and and I think it's okay, not only were we not taught to have a plan B, but to be comfortable, which I think some of us were taught to have a plan B, but you have to be comfortable with plan B and be comfortable mm-hmm. saying plan A didn't work. We're so afraid of failure, so afraid to mm-hmm. admit that something didn't work, thinking mm-hmm. that if plan A doesn't work, plan B is going to be worse. Sometimes mm-hmm. plan B is better than plan A, but we're stuck yeah. and we're committed. We're committed to things that aren't working. We're committed mm-hmm. to things that aren't making us happy. We're committed to things that aren't satisfying. We're committed to things that don't feed our purpose, and we're miserable. Mm-hmm. But it's okay, what so sense that does that make? Back to going, that goes back into going to uh, functioning in that robotic routine where mm-hmm. – uh, you don't, A, you're not having to drive to figure out, you don't have that, that certain um, 
drive to figure out what you're what you're good at, what other skill sets are you good at, um, and you're just going through the motions. Is that what you mm-hmm. reduce your life to? You reduce right. your life to just going through the motions? I don't think so. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And too, we, to we get in the habit of I've been doing this for ten years, so let me keep at it. I've been in this that, relationship you know for fifteen years. Know? Let me keep at it. I'm not. That so many times from educating. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. I only have twelve more years. I only have. Girl, that's okay, a long time. <laughs> a long time, and you could be doing something on the side to build it up while you have steady income. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Come on, y'all. You can spend the next twelve years loving your life versus the next twelve years being miserable. I mean, who would, who, who oh, in their rational mind would decide to be miserable? That's why a lot of this are signs of just someone that's not healthy mentally. So we actually gonna get into that. Let's take a quick break, and we're gonna get into some of some of the solutions of getting out of some of the ways that we're stuck and some of the funks that we may be in. So we're gonna get into that a little bit after the break. You're tuned in to the Great Good Grief Girl Show, where we're discussing <laughs> losing yourself. We'll be back right after this break. <laughs> Girl show on Blog Talk Radio. The topic on blog. hour is. I'm sorry. Yes, that was me. Go ahead. You know what? Oh my goodness, I was into my group. Hey, hey, hey! Again, guys, we're back, and you're listening to the Good Grief Girl Show on Blog Talk Radio. The topic for the hour is losing yourself, and it got so good before the break. Go ahead, Kiara. Pick up where you left off. Because this is actually a good topic because I think we've all been there at one point or another. I think some cases are more severe than others. Um, some no, of us know, just... Some people don't know. 
Some people don't know that they've lost themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't. We they had don't we had a response actually because I actually did pose this question to our um Instagram followers and we received a very good response about a relationship. And I think that's one of the ways that we give ourselves our children and to and because not all relationships are romantic but um mm-hmm. so I, in some cases and I, and possibly in this case I think they're all equal because even for your kids although it's your responsibility to take care of and provide for your kids you are not required to sacrifice yourself for your kids mm. and I think we we're in this culture where we're being taught and we see images of people who who are driving home this narrative that if you're not sacrificing yourself then you're not a good mother that if you're not sacrificing yourself that you're not a good mate mm. if if I'm not ride or die and I don't mean ride or die in um a healthy I mean, ride or die where you're just going to be a doormat and I'm not going to oh. stick it out no matter what he does to me. We're in this culture where we we take pride in suffering. That it's like a badge of honor that we've been through. What do, you think, what do you think that comes from? Is that generational? What do you think that comes Definitely. from? Definitely. I think Is it's generational because I think... I think it's a combination of all those things that we've, mm. we've been taught by, especially our grandparents is that generation where some of our grandfathers like had multiple families or we've had that's callers who have shared. Yeah. We've that had callers who have shared where their fathers lived across the street from them. It's mm-hmm. like we, we're in this, we, we, we just, we've had these generations of, um, toxic behavior, and I hate to use the word toxic, but these generations of unhealthy behavior where we've accepted it as, as something normal that as a as a wife, you're supposed to stick with your husband, although he's went out and made three different families. But I'm the right. first family. We take pride in it, right. oh, but I'm his first wife. Who cares? Right. He got three other women in the street that he's caring for, like they're his right. Family. But you're right. proud because I'm the only one whose name he changed. Grandma. Oh, or, or you know, <laughs> or even with your kids, you know, that if I'm not mm-hmm. sacrificing at all, if I'm not staying up at night every night, if I'm not, you know, juggling 10 different things at once, that I'm not a good mother. I've learned mm-hmm. that it actually takes more work and more knowledge to balance life to plan out what we're going to do for the day so that I don't become stressed out. Mm-hmm. That's actually mm-hmm. hard because a lot of times we don't want to sit down and actually do it because that means I have That's to plan. True. That means you have, to, you have to be able to identify exactly what it is that you want. You have to say, you know, or be able to identify exactly who you are outside of this relationship. Because we do that in relationships. We actually, in, in romantic relationships, we find value in the fact that we have a mate. And so that's it it. You just want arm. You just want arm candy. Yeah, no, no man. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, no! You're mm-hmm. right. It's a lot of that. It's a lot of that. It's yeah, so I'll, that. Say, I'll take whatever piece of man. Piece of man. Uh-oh. That's, oh. That's extremely there, unhealthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but that, that's so, some of so that Kiara, unhealthy so, behavior that we have. So, how does one find themselves again? Do you have any tips for that? Yes, of course. The first, um, the most effective, and probably the hardest, is to actually change. 
to say to yourself, I'm no longer going to do this. This is no longer serving me. This is no longer making me happy. This is no longer feeding my purpose. This is not why God created me. So I'm just going to stop doing it. It's, it's how some people, especially I know some friends that have gone vegan, they're like, oh, I went cold turkey. This this would be mm. the equivalent of going cold turkey. I'm just going to stop. So, so basically the person is taking responsibility and then accepting it. Mm-hmm. And taking ownership. You're, you're actually mm-hmm. taking ownership because prior mm-hmm. to this decision, you've actually given ownership to everyone else in your life. If we're honest mm-hmm. about it, my, my job was in control of my life. If you're in a, mm-hmm. if you're in an unhealthy relationship, that man or woman is now in control of your life. So, actually so by true. making that decision to change, you're taking ownership. You're saying, mm-hmm. I'm no longer going to do this. This no longer mm-hmm. makes me happy, and that's it. One of the things we have to get out of, especially when it comes to this process of going cold turkey or making an about face and deciding that I'm no longer going to do something, is to do it without giving an explanation. Just say, I'm done. You need to get out of a relationship, just get out of the relationship, delete his number, block him, you know, do whatever you have to do to move on. If you have kids with this person, make arrangements. These, these, These are the arrangements that we'll have for our kids, and that's it. You don't need to know why. Yes, set clear boundaries. And the danger Mm -hmm. in providing an explanation is that you give the person or thing the opportunity to manipulate you, the opportunity Mm -hmm. to convince you that, that, no, that's not what really happened. In some spaces, we call it gaslighting, where the person say, no, that's not, I I didn't cheat on you. This is what you Mm -hmm. did before I did that that caused me to do that. So to alleviate. Mm -hmm open door of those things happening, you just don't give an explanation. Because if you're taking ownership, you actually don't mm-hmm. owe that person an explanation. I don't have to explain to you why I no longer mm-hmm. want to hang out with you. I'm just going to stop hanging right. out with you. <laughs> right. That's true. That's but I think I also, to add on to your um, tips for how to find yourself, what about asking yourself questions like, who am I? What do I yes. want? What mm-hmm. is something I could do today that will make me feel accomplished? Or uh-huh. what is something I could do today that will benefit me tomorrow? Where am I going? Mm-hmm. You know, there are yep. no wrong questions and there is no right answer. But I think that we all need to sit down and have that talk or just come to Jesus meeting with ourselves and ask ourselves some questions like, what we matter. If we're not a uh-huh. cheerleader, Who's going to be, no one's going to um, cheer us on like ourselves. We're our best yeah. cheerleader. We are. And so we're definitely if we best don't, cheerleader. Yeah, we're our best cheerleader. So we have to sit down and like, I like how you always say, you know, if, I, if I've been making the wrong decisions, why have I been making the wrong decisions? What did I do to get here? I like how you self-assess yourself. We don't mm-hmm. do that a lot. No. We don't do that a lot as people. We just keep going. Be like, oh well, I just have to I eat that up, and I'll just have mm-hmm. to, you no. know, pay attention. No, but why? There's a reason and you why. Want to know why. You want to know why so that you don't repeat it, or mm-hmm. once you see the warning sign. So let's say you you're um you you one of your triggers is I don't know a phone call from your mother who mm-hmm. has toxic behavior or some toxic mm-hmm. uh, traits. So every mm-hmm. time she calls, it sends you into this spiral of bad behavior. So now, once mm-hmm. you identify 
what what triggers it. Now every time she calls, you know how to respond or you can be prepared. Mm-hmm. So you want mm-hmm. to identify, you know, what what is driving your behavior. Ask yourself all of the questions that you that you mentioned. That way you can you can take ownership of your life and take ownership of the path that you have forward. One of the other I things agree. is to one of the other things is to, is, is to actually talk to other people and ask for their advice. This 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 mm. is professional people, your friends, and not to the point of trusted um, individuals. Trusted yes, individuals. That's, yeah. So use some dis- discernment when it comes to mm-hmm. who you're asking. Definitely. And then sometimes you just need a moment of silence. You need pure silence. That, And I think that's the opportunity that we're all given now, that you can walk away, you can go into a room, you can go into a corner and have your moment of silence and no one will know it. So it's possible mm. and it's necessary. So this was a good That's discussion true. today. We don't want to go over time, so we're going to go. Woo, woo. So I'll um I'll give a um, brief synopsis when we go online. So I want you all to be sure to follow our social media. We are on Instagram at Good Grief underscore Girl. Our Facebook group is Good Grief Girl group. Uh, please join us Monday at six p.m. We look forward to talking yeah. to you. Bye. 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 Bye.